The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Nowhere when this guy touches you, you just go down and you bleed oh. everywhere. It's insane. Jairzinho, Biggie Boy, Rose and Strike! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's <laughs> dangerous! <laughs> Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I are here, still on Zoom, and um, Matt has noticed that I am also bald. I think I got to move my camera because you look like Cyclops when you move back. I know. Well, do you like the mustache? Apps, Jimmy. Let me tell you what. See how how facial hair kind of yeah good on me. Sure. Looks, looks good on us, yeah. Looks good on, on well. On us, it looks good. Is that a is that a real facial hair or is that look at the left side of your? What am I looking at exactly with the left side? Oh, it's a little. The, I like how the white comes in right on. Both yeah, sides. I want to be a biker, so I'm trying. I'm trying to look like a fucking. Uh, I got like a Chuck Zito going on. Are you like in? Um, is this for a role? Yeah, but it's not one that I had to audition for. It's just for Doug Bell videos. Oh, Doug it's Bell. a worthless role. A worthless oh, role. He's your character. He's the character. Yeah. So I've, I've done a few things. I'll be, I'll be back to normal in a couple of days. Uh, we have um, uh, a great MMA writer for uh, Yahoo uh, Sports, uh, Kevin Ioli. And uh, we should bring him in and chat. What a night of fights, huh, Matt? What a fucking night of fights. Kevin Ioli. Hey, what's up, buddy? Oh, he's here. I don't see him. I've been there for a while. Shit, were you, were you listening the whole time? I couldn't hear you. It just said, um, it just said waiting uh, for the host to let you in. No, thank goodness. Because Jimmy was having some background difficulty and I was doing this. Kevin, I know you're long time, so don't get freaked out. I was doing this. Just showing my traps to my producer. Sound like I was doing that when I woke up this morning. I, <laughs> I thought maybe you were watching that. Kevin, how <laughs> no, I, Unfortunately, I missed that. Yeah. Hey, well, thank goodness. Listen. I have not seen you, buddy. The last time I remember talking to you, I think I just took a beating from George. It was backstage in Canada. And no, you were- we saw, we, I saw you at a lot of the shows, but... Uh, I, no, no, I seen you. I seen you walking past with Raging Hell or somebody, and I give you making me a pound when you're at the desk there. But uh, I haven't really sat down and bullshitted with you for a while. Been a while. 
probably that time. And that was except, when, except when you were going to beat the guy up in Abu Dhabi. What was the guy's name? Um, oh, uh, Diego's oh, guy. Yeah, we don't we don't know we don't like to say his name, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Diego's old guy. Diego moved on. He did right. Yeah, thank God. Oh my God. Somebody that cared about him probably grabbed him and said, "Look, what are you doing?" That was bad. That that was horrendous. But uh, so, how you been, man? You're one of those guys who's been around. When did you get involved? You know, so I covered boxing starting like 1980, and I was in college, and then I started MMA. Like uh, Mark Ratner was working for the Nevada Commission. So he called me and he said, hey, you might want to start watching MMA because we're going to probably regulate it. And this was like late 99. So I actually went to a show in 2000. It was in Louisiana before uh, Zufa bought it. I wanted to see. And I wrote a story like not about the fight, but like what was the event like? Because it was going to get in, you know, be legalized in Nevada. And then the so that was like, I think, UFC 28 or maybe 20, you know, something in that range. Uh, I don't remember exactly. And then the first show in Vegas, which I think was 33, was the actual first one where I covered it as the fights. I uh, I fought on that card. And that's so funny. We got a very and all the stars on the show, believe it or not. Tito, Chuck, uh, Jens Pulver versus Dennis Holman. No Speedo. No, no, no Speedo. No, 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 no. No Speedos. But it was it was crazy. If you remember, uh, Kevin, that was UFC 33 was right after 9-11. Yes. And, and uh, Las Vegas was a ghost town. It was a very strange feeling. Well, I had covered the fight the week before there was a boxing match uh, before the UFC show. Fernando Vargas fought uh, uh, Shibata Flores, and that was the first fight of any kind before the um, uh, after 9-11. And it was even worse. They were, they were both at Mandalay Bay, and that one was even worse like because it was just – um, you know, was six, I guess it was six days earlier and people weren't comfortable going out the whole nine yards. Wow. Was it only six days, huh? Well, no, it was, it was six days before the UFC show. Oh, okay. Okay. It would have been, uh, let's see, the UFC show was like the 27th or 28th. And so this would have been like the, it was a Saturday night boxing and UFC that time was actually on a Friday. If you remember, they were doing Friday night shows then. Yeah. Oh, oh this is so, but still September though. In September. Yeah. Oh God, that's really close. Yeah, I, I remember it, it, it was it was scary to go like across the GW Bridge for a while. You're like, is something going on? You know, like, yeah, that's really soon after. That must have been very awkward. Yeah, it's strange. Walking through the casino was weird. Yeah, yeah. Ray Ray Longo had his kids were young at the time, and his wife didn't let him get on that plane. He couldn't come. It was crazy. And I was fighting Eve Edwards. Like, I need Longo. I need you. But uh, <laughs> I go, it's fucking Edwards. Like, anyway, but yeah, it was that's crazy. How long you've been involved? Because that was you got involved with 2000. I came on 2001, so we're around the same amount of time with the U.S. And I and see, I knew Dana like I knew Dana from boxing. Believe it or not, like uh, I I was a member of a gym, uh, Q the Sports Club, and Dana had a, a boxing aerobics class that he used to teach. And it wore one of those little microphones, you know. And I would watch Dana taught an aerobics class. Box. It was called box aerobics, and this is how good of a promoter Dana was. 
I would walk in the gym and he saw me. So I was working at the review journal at the time. So he would go, dude, this is a one of a kind class. Nobody else is ever doing this thing. You got to do a story on this. Right. So we actually had a running and fitness columnist at the paper. So I got the guy to do a story on it. So he did a story. Then Dana didn't like the story that he did. And he's like begging me, Oh, I want boxing people to see this. And so I ended up so two stories on a goofy boxing aerobics class that he was teaching. He is so lucky that nobody had fucking iPhones back. I know that would be all over. Wouldn't you love to see him go and one and two and three? I would and love. One to- I, make, I make fun of him all the time with it. You know, like when I see him. But then this is the other thing that was funny about and when Apex opened, he took the Las Vegas media on a tour, and so he was shown his office. And I said, and so I'm in the group, and I said, Dana, do you remember when we were? Um, in your office uh, over on the on West Sahara, that was the original place they had. And so he tells the story. He and I were actually grappling on the floor in the in his office, and it was like literally like maybe four feet from his desk to the wall. There was no room to move in the thing. It was like, and it turned out it was a map room for the previous company that owned it. And it was freaking wild. So you've been oh you've been you've been uh, training since then. I don't train. Are you oh, you aren't training. No, but I like so I covered boxing, Jim. So um, I did like I had watched the first couple UFCs and then I quit watching it when um, I think it was UFC six. Uh, Emmanuel Yarbrough. Remember him, Matt? The big, yes. The big, so he was like 600 pounds. He fought um, Keith Hackney, who was 190 and, and Hackney broke his hand, punching him on the head. And when I saw that fight before I even saw the fight, I said, this is like fucking pro wrestling. Like you got a 190 pound guy fighting a 600 pound guy. What the hell is this? And so I, I actually quit watching it. So that was probably what, like maybe 95 and then um, in 99, Ratner called me in 2000. I started, uh, I went to the, the first show. So yeah, so that I, that's how I got into it. And, and I remember interviewing Matt at the uh, a restaurant at the Hard Rock on Ultimate Fighter 4. And Tra- uh, Travis Luter was with you. And I tried to interview Travis first and Matt was answering all the questions. <laughs> oh, <Yep>. come on. That's <laughs> horrible. And uh, we'll talk about two op. I love the only thing we have in common is our jujitsu and maybe our love of movies. Me and Travis Luter. He's a great guy, but I we're love- a little bit. He's Your like, opposites. Like, yeah, he's not as he's maybe not as loud as me, but no, he's a great quite. guy. <laughs> he's a great guy, man. Hey, Kevin, I remember. I want to know your thoughts is like, look at what, how look how far we've come now you've been around for the pretty much the whole rights and Zufa took over. I remember like taking certain fights and just being like, all right, look, I got to get this in now. Cause this will probably be, it's probably going to be like banned soon or, or go under soon. I remember just thinking it's not like, and it's something I'd be telling my kids about. I did this thing in a cage. I really thought that it might not survive. Like I wasn't, that's where I was until of course the ultimate fighter, you know, really, came came around and changed everything i I didn't think that it was going to go under because i knew you know uh, i mean get banned because i knew lorenzo uh was such a smart business guy and and then he would be able to cover all those bases and that they were they were going to be able to make sure that it remained legal um and and of course the first time i watched it i go what's his what is there to ban right i mean there was nothing to ban those tough guy contests that were going on at the same time I think a lot of state athletic commissions, they they misconstrued the tough right. man contest for MMA. And so, the, you know, the tough man contest, of course, you know, uh, banned that. 
so I didn't think it was going to go, but I thought financially it might go under, you know, they, you know, remember they got up to 40 million in the hole and that's where I thought, you know, Hey, Lorenzo's going to at some point say, you know what, you know, enough of this good money after bad and pull the plug. So I didn't think it was going to get pulled. No, because that, I, I worded that wrongly. I, I actually meant, I thought it was going to just die out because of the reason you just said yeah. band is be way before that. They got past that. They got over that hurdle. Right. And listen, I remember Dana going out there saying, look, you know, the old UFC was running away from regulation. We're running towards it. And I remember that. I remember going around trying to change the image for the UFC. And so, yeah, no, banned was the wrong word. But I really did think it was going to go on. <laughs> I thought it was just a matter of time. And then it would be something cool. I'd be telling the, my kids I did. But now it's just so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's fucking mainstream to me. I feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's, I mean, 100% mainstream. I mean, you look at who attends the fights, right? I mean, in 2001, you had no chance of getting any of those people to attend the fights, right? I mean, you know, just not, I mean, who, you know, Travis Barker, Courtney Kardashian were sitting five feet away from me at UFC 264, right? I mean, there was no chance of them even knowing what UFC was in 2001, right? Or people at that level. Right. Just, you know, I mean, the fact where it is now, I mean, it is absolutely mainstream. I'm very, I, I'm very bored by boxing and and again, I, I was never the fan of boxing with UFC, but it's and it's it's not the the athletes. It's it's the the behind the scenes stuff that takes so long to get what you want to happen. And and again, I know because it's under one promotion, UFC is probably a lot easier to make these things happen. But it, it fights in UFC that people want. I mean, normally they happen pretty quickly or within a reasonable amount of time. You know, you look at like Tyson Holyfield. How long did that first one? I mean, he went to jail, but I mean, even leading up to that, it took years to put together. Yeah, they had uh, they they made the fight in '91, and then the uh, you know, Miss uh, America pageant happened, and uh, Tyson went to jail on the on the rape conviction, um, and so then it happened in '97. Yeah, so it, it was crazy. I mean, there was an incredible time. That you know, the thing like th I have written several times about boxing. In a lot of ways, we're in a golden age of boxing. There's a lot of really good young fighters out there, and a lot of really good fights have been held. But the thing that boxing doesn't have is a Dana White. Boxing doesn't have somebody out there. Eddie Hearn is doing a really good job, a uh, promoter out of England, uh, and and he you know he is trying to copy a lot of the stuff that Dana has done. Um, but you know. There, because, like you said, Jim, you know, the number of different uh, promoters in boxing and different sanctioning organizations, which is really the big problem, it makes it difficult to make the fights that you want. This guy has a TV deal on ESPN. This one has one on Showtime, and the third one has one on DAZN. And so you can't get the you know ever get the fights you want together. The, the you know you think about it, and I go back over the years, and there's a few fights like Randy Couture versus Fedor that we wanted to see in MMA, but for the most part. You know, Dana flew to a freaking island in Venezuela to make Fedor versus Brock Lesnar. I mean, who else does that, right? If for the most part, I would say 98% of the fights that as an MMA fan you wanted to see get made. It's one of those things, too, where what was the – and I, I think the judges are the same in both, right? Like they can work boxing or they can work MMA. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But the judging in boxing, maybe I'm – sometimes is so awful – I think the last boxing match I watched, and again, I'm, is it was it Triple E, uh, Triple G against uh, 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 Alvarez? I think the first one where I think it be it was a, uh, I think a, a Golovkin clearly won that fight, and the, the, there was one of the judges, the woman whose name I don't remember, abominable, a, a, a score that was laughable, and I just don't know how that survives and how people can continually enjoy it when stuff like that happens, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, you have to love it, right? And and that's why, like, when Matt was fighting in, in 2001, like, think about what was going on. You know, you're, you had to love it because you're not making a ton of money. There's not a lot of people there. You know, I think everybody who liked MMA at the time uh, when I started covering was there, right? I mean, you know, they were at the event, they showed up. And so there's not a lot of reward for the fighters. You know, you had to love the sport. And the thing that I really loved about MMA at the beginning, um, you know, it took me a while to, you know, the, the jujitsu was the thing that took me a while to appreciate. I'm, I'm a guy that knew stand up. I had covered kickboxing as well. And I covered Muay, all these Muay Thai fights. But I, I didn't know the ground game that well. So that was the thing that took a while to, for me to appreciate. But what I appreciated instantly was the accessibility and the willingness of these fighters to promote not only themselves, but the sport. And, um, you know, I, I have my issues with what Tito Ortiz does now. But I'll tell you what, he was a great ambassador for MMA back, in, you know, at, at that time. I mean, he did as much as anybody to try to further the sport. It's like. Like Superman has like kryptonite. You ever see Tito with a mic? Oh, it's so great. <laughs> I, I saw him on City Council with a mic, and that was that wasn't so great. It is so you're just waiting for the cringe to come out, and it just comes out, and you're just like, oh God, he didn't say that. <laughs> oh, there's always something that makes you, you cringe. Just put on a lampshade like on your head and be like, beep beep. I can't. I, I can't watch it. I'd rather watch fucking truck car wrecks. Anyway, can yeah, Kevin, what do you think, too? Obviously, you, you, you wrote about uh, Gon being such an amazing athlete. What, what do you think about uh, I, I'm, this whole Nganu not fighting thing is very strange to me. Um, I, I don't know if it was, is he hurt or did he want to hold out and wait for Jones, hope that he could be comfortable at heavyweight? This was very strange to me that, that uh, Nganu didn't take a fight. Yeah, so the way I understand it was this. Uh, after Francis won the title, in March, uh, UFC talked to him and said, you know, when do you want to get back? And he said, I want to be back as soon as possible. Um, so they said, what do you think about June? So originally uh, he said yes to June. Um, but then he got an offer to go to Cameroon. And, you know, you, you can't deny him that. That's his birthplace. Sure. Championship. So he goes to Cameroon. Uh, so UFC is no problem. They make other fights for uh, what was that? UFC 262, I guess. Um that or, or yeah, UFC 262. And so he, he ends up uh, passing on that one. Then they talk to him, Hey, what do you think about uh, doing August? And initially, you know, now, now this, this is where there's a dispute. They claim he said, yes, he claims he never said yes, but then he got an offer to go to Dubai for a lot of money. And so it's like, you know, Hey, when you're getting, you know, that paid to make, make a personal appearance like that, he didn't want to do it. And he kind of felt like, Hey, I have enough time. Uh, I, I won the title in March. If I fight at the end of September, September, that's you know, only six months away. I, I mean, look, Francis, I, I love watching him, but I, I would suggest he slow down on the victory lap and, and just uh, get back in the cage because UFC has proven they will continue without you. Like, uh, you know, there's plenty of time for appearances. Like, you know, you got to, you got some guys you got to fight. Um, Can you imagine what that fight would have been like had that been Francis in there and not, and not Derek? Uh, all respect to Derek, I think, you know, it would have been a different fight if it had been Francis. I don't think Cyril would have gotten. Francis, though, without I think Derek was was even though they already fought, but I, I thought that Derek was ahead of Cyril for Francis or or even uh, I don't know about a steep a trilogy. And, and uh, you know, Jones just doesn't seem like is Jones just not ready or is, is he resisting this? Do you think? Well, in, in my opinion, I think what's going on here is that he is John's enjoying life. You know, this is the first time that he hasn't had to worry about his weight. Right. You know, and, uh, and Matt, you know, you know about that. If you're sitting there and you're uh, 
you know, you have to make 155 pounds. It's, it's not, you don't start it at the beginning of training camp. You started it for a long time. John, you know, now is, what is he, 245 right now? Um, you know, he can eat whatever he wants. And, and I don't think he is in that mode of, you know, grinding and being ready to fight. So I think he's looking forward to it. Now, of course, you know, they also have a dispute over the money that he's worth and what they should pay him. But I, I think that's something they can overcome. They have overcome that almost every time there's been an issue. And I think that if John really wanted to fight and was ready to fight in March or in June, July or whenever, they would have financially come to terms. I think it was more, you know, John was sitting there and, you know, you know, he hasn't fought for a while. He's now in a new division. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, grinding and, and staying in shape and being ready for that type of thing. And, and I, I think, you know, he's happy to say, hey, you know what? He said it several times. I, I, you'll see me in 2022. Um, so, I, you know, unfortunately, I think uh, that's where that went. Isn't that strange too? Like again, and again, I, I don't ever think for fighters because you know their mentality is different and they know their bodies. So I, I'm not in a position to say they should do. You know, but it's weird. Like when you've lost a couple of prime years, and he lost a couple of prime years. You know, and Ted Williams went in the military. Like you know, like th- those two years are still existing, but they're ahead of you now and not in in, in the prime. You think somebody would want to get back as soon as they could? Well, Muhammad Ali is the great example of that. I mean, look, you know, who was the greatest boxer ever lived? Well, Sugar Ray Robinson, you know, based on his career and the whole thing. But if you look at Muhammad Ali from 1964 to 1967, when he got banned and, and lost his license, I mean, that fighter from that three-year period, there was you couldn't touch him. I mean, it was just an incredible fighter. He lost that time when he came back. He was a vastly different fighter. Just wasn't the same. And that's the thing that, you know, um, the one thing I agree, you know, a lot of the fighters have to think about business, right? You have to think about it. You have a short career, you know, sure. you last forever. And what these fighters sacrifice is amazing. Um, but they also have, you know, Dana is right when he talks about, you know, make your money in the fight game now and, and, and take advantage of what you have now because, you know, it's not going to last forever. And if you sit out for long periods of time, you know, you, what you might have been, you're not going to be. Kevin, you know who seems to be lasting forever and who arguably, I mean, he looked fantastic the other night. Jose Aldo. Didn't Jose Aldo look right. fantastic? He looks so good. I might actually give his movie another chance. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I had a hard time with the movie, but I, right. I might give it another chance. I might. I only watched a little bit of it, but you're open-minded. I'm open-minded. His fight the other night, and I, I'm a Pedro Munoz fan. Wow, man. He was, hey, hey, man, Jimmy, you kept asking where his kicks were. He brought those back. He was on point. No, he, you, he was, not as many kicks as I still, though. Is he still was primarily boxing? That's Uriah Faber about that. Yeah. 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 But no, but- I, I agree with you. I tweeted after the fight. I said, you know, uh, when, when Aldo lost to Peter Yan, I thought he was done as an elite fighter. I thought that was it that we had seen the last of him. Um, and, and for him to do what he did was remarkable. I mean, coming back against a guy, the skill level of, uh, of Pedro. Uh, and, and I mean, he just dominated that fight. He really did. And, and he just took Munoz out of anything he wanted to do. Uh, he, and he looked quick, Matt. You know, that's what I thought. Like his chat was incredible. And he, yes. his movements. I mean, and, and I thought his boxing looked uh, better than it ever had. I would have liked to have seen a few more kicks from him because I think that's what made him so special. Uh, but I, I thought, you know, you can't fault that performance at all. I mean, I, I thought that was an A+. And you wonder, even like uh, Hall against uh, Strickland, very few kicks. And, and you wonder, like, was there an injury or something nagging that he never uh, 
never disclosed or thought he could work through or was he just afraid of the counter but like sometimes when guys like jose especially who throw such you know watching him or barboza throw kicks like there's very few things i like as much as watching those guys throw kicks and when they lay off it a lot where it's noticeable you wonder is it just something they they feel too vulnerable when they do i always wondered you know i asked uriah this on i did a zoom with him before the fight and i asked him are you going to have difficulty getting over the Chris Weidman situation? Because, you know, Weidman's one thing, right? But on the other side, you're the guy that did it to him, right? And you know what can happen to you and what can happen to him. And I, I wonder if that affected him in that regard. You know, it's just that's what struck me that night. That it was like, hmm, you know, I mean, you kick a guy that hard to break his leg. Um, what is the impact? You know, Uriah's a thoughtful guy and a, and a smart guy. And it makes me wonder if that, you know, there's no evidence of that. And I'm sure he's going to deny it. He denied it to me before the fight when I talked to him about it. But did you see, if you saw my interview, a lot of what we talked about was mentality. And what are you thinking about as you're walking to the cage? And is it, holy shit, I'm fighting Anderson Silva? Or what is it about? And, and when you think of how thoughtful a guy he is, and then what he had done in his previous fight, and what he didn't do against Strickland, that to me, that it says, you know, that that weight on his mind. What do you think? The Lewis, Matt and I texted a little bit, and a lot of times Derek, Matt was right. He looks slow until he doesn't. Like, you know, against Curtis Blades, he didn't look amazing until he throws that 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 short right. But what happened to Lewis? He seemed very, like, again, even for Derek Lewis, and I know gone is so fast and so hard to figure out and so mobile, but he still, all those things considered, seemed off. It seemed like he couldn't get anything going. If you ask me, I mean, I, I thought Gone had a great game plan. Give Fernando Lopez a lot of credit for coming up with a really good game plan. And I thought Ciro executed perfectly. And, of course, we knew going in, you know, I picked him to win and said, hey, you know, he, this is a, an unbelievable athlete and he has everything, you know, it's, you know, Lewis has got the home run punch. But other than that, he's not going to deal with what this guy can bring. But I thought, like, when you saw him start to dip and you, you knew that that's going to he's going to throw that uppercut, Cyril was gone before Derek was even partway down, right? He wasn't even there to be hit. And, and it frustrated Derek. And then Derek's taking those kicks left and right. And, you know, I mean, his leg. And I think in the third round, when he finally took that one kick, you know, you saw the look of resignation on his face. He realizes his legs aren't underneath him. And if a guy like him doesn't have his legs underneath him, his whole game is gone because he doesn't have his power anymore. And I, I just kind of thought that, uh, you know, it was a great game plan uh, by Lopez and, and the team at MMA Factory. And it was great execution by Cyril. And then it was just two different levels of athletes. Yeah, but I think Derek was still in there until he wasn't, where there was times he started doing that. Oh, look, he's folding. And then he came back with a few. It didn't yeah. land. It didn't land on Cyril. But that same kind of game plan landed in the past. You know what I mean? So it was Derek until, until it was – him on all fours, just absorbing those punches. You're like, all right, now it's now there's nothing to come back with. Well, you know what I would say about that, though, Matt? Think about this. Like, a lot of times, and you know this, you know, when, when punches miss, how far do they miss? You know, they miss by like that, right? You know, they just, you move and they just whiz by you. Derek's were missing or he wasn't even throwing them because, you know, Cyril was out of the way before he was even there. And I think that that was the thing, you know, that I, I thought that it frustrated him, you know, because he realized, you know, what am I going to do? And then the accumulation of kicks is building up on his legs. Probably the hardest guy to the hardest heavyweight to hit. He's very bouncy. Yeah. He's like a middleweight the way he's. Yeah. With the, no you question. know, it doesn't look like how many heavyweights you see bounce around like that. So fluent. And then when it's time to turn it on. It's not like he can't sting either, man. Bang. Yeah. He was landing accurate. It was, yeah. I mean, how could you not be impressed? There's one thing I noticed 
Uh, there's one thing that really stood out to me after the fight. And it was, I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase and maybe they can look up the exact quote, the message that Francis gave, uh, sent to, uh, Cyril Ghan. And it was, uh, something along the lines of like, when you know, you know, or something like that, they can look it up. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. It was, it was something like that. Yeah. You know, you know. So what does everybody know on that? That made me like, all right, you know, they got working together. So it's like, if me rolling with somebody and I know how it goes, I mean, you know how it goes. They, they, now, is Francis calling a bluff on him? Is he saying, hey, what is going on here? What do you think? What happened in those sparring sessions? Kevin, what do you know about those sparring sessions? So, so Fernand Lopez, uh, after the Rosenstrike fight, was telling everybody he had video of Cyril and Francis sparring and that it wouldn't look good for Francis. Now, we know that there's hard feelings between uh, uh, Francis and uh, Fernand uh, that, you know, that he used to train them. They broke up after the, uh, for, uh, the first Stipe fight. So I think what was going on here was then the video got released, but it was not, they actually weren't sparring. They were just kind of moving around together. There was no video of their sparring. So I think what Francis is intimating is, Cyril says he has video, but he doesn't really have the video that he says he has. That's what I think when you know, you know. Uh, I think that's what it meant. If you were in that gym and you saw a spar, it wasn't what Fernanda saying it was. And before we uh, we let you go, because we have Jarzinho in the waiting room, um, I, I would say, I, I don't know how much of a difference the reach makes. Uh, you know, he's only at Lewis by two inches. But uh, Francis has Cyril gone by two inches in reach. And you wonder if that if that makes it a different fight. Um, cause he kind of won that blitzkrieg against, uh, Jarzinho, uh, where he just kind of came in with a couple of really uh, haymakers. Uh, I don't know if that works against Cyril gone, but I would still take Francis over Cyril gone. I would disagree with you. I would take Cyril over, you know, I would take John Jones over Francis and I would take Cyril over uh, Francis. Wow. Uh, I think Francis beats pretty much everybody else, but those two guys I think would be difficult. I think Cyril's athleticism and, and his, he, he's so smart and he has submissions and he has other aspects to his game other than just striking. Um, Eric Nixick is a hell of a coach. And if anybody can, uh, can come up with a plan to neutralize that physical uh, advantage that uh, the Cyril has, it would be Eric Nixick. But I'll tell you what, I, I going into this thing right now, if they, if they were fighting next week, I, I would be picking Cyril. I agree. I agree uh, with you, Kevin. Well, well, I you, agree. I want this moment to be remembered. Uh, let, finally, we're all after 20 years, finally, <laughs> I got Matt Cyril on my side. I'm going to take Francis over Jones or him. Maybe not Jones a few years ago, but coming up in weight. Uh, again, some guys work very well. I got, well. I got Jones over Francis. No, 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 I know. I'm saying I would take, even coming up in weight, I would still take, and that doesn't always work out for guys. Uh, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, so I would take Francis or both those guys. Um, uh, yeah, the, Kevin, this was great. We have uh, Jarzinho, and I'm going to pee my pants real quick. Um, but uh, we'd love to have you back on. Yahoo Sports is who you're writing for? Yahoo Sports it is, and my Twitter is Kevin I, if anybody wants to follow me there. Love to have you back on again, man. It was great talking to you. Good to see you. Good seeing you, Kevin. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Oh, look at Jarzino. Looks- looks ready. Hey, Jarzino, how are you? Good. What's up? Jarzino. Good, buddy. Good. I-, I wouldn't have wore a tank top if I knew you were wearing a tank top. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. Oh, that's the wrong arm. I mean, I'm kind of off my arm because I'm doing the yellow Cool J thing. Jarzino, <laughs> I can't. I got to put my arm down. I'm going <laughs> to embarrass myself. Good to see you, buddy. How are you? Hi, it's nice to see you guys again. It's a long time. I'm good. So what did you think? We were just talking to uh, Kevin Ioli. What did you think of Gone against uh, Francis? You fought both. I'm sorry, Gone against uh, Derek Lewis. Um, we were talking about a potential matchup with Francis. Uh, did that go kind of the way you thought it would go? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I was thinking, like, if it goes the distance, Gone will definitely get the, get, the, get the decision. And I was like, if it go to, like, like, a knockout or a TQ, it would probably be Derek Lewis. Because because of his experience, uh, he's a strong guy. He has the power punch, and don't on, don't to not to underestimate Gan. But um, it's the way you look at the fight, and you know I fought him, so I know a little bit what's happening. And, and you went the distance with him. I mean, you you went. Uh, you know, it was it was a full. Uh, uh, you know, I think it was a five round fight and, and you, and you went the distance. Uh, so what, what did you, uh, was he as hard to hit as he looks like he is or what, what was the, uh, the trickiest part of fighting him? Nah, first of all, that fight was, was, uh, was a confusing fight. Uh, it was that it wasn't that I can, can get him or I was seconds too late. So yeah, it's, it's like every, every, every fight have his, have his part. You know why it doesn't happen the way we were training for because i had a good training camp and i felt good about that fight so i was a little bit frustrated and yeah yeah you do get frustrated right like is it would it would it come like if, if in a situation like that happens is it like after the first or second round where you're like all right shit, this is not kind of what i'm wanting to happen here exactly but still it went to five rounds and for me it went this fast and it was over yeah and yeah it was my worst performance and yeah I'm working on it and that won't happen again. Yeah, there's sometimes, sometimes you just, it feels like a bad sparring session. It's like, man, I just didn't find my timing. I was a little, uh, the, the spin was off, this or that. So I know what you're saying. That's how it feels like. But then you go back in there and you kick someone's ass and, that, and you feel better. So, yeah, you listen, you came back since then. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Now you're fighting Curtis Blades. Now, is this camp filled with sprawls and uppercuts? <laughs> Is that what's going on here? I know, I know one thing. You're gonna try to take me down because this is this is strong sport. He's a wrestler. Actually, it is his weapon against my weapon. Yes. So now we're gonna see who's gonna be first. I want to win this fight. Doesn't matter how. Uh, this is the biggest fight right now. I'm fighting for the for the for the the, the fourth place in the heavyweight division. So right now it can't get bigger than this. Win this one. I'm lining myself back up for the contender. For the title. Have you fought anybody who's as dangerous on the ground as him? Have you had anybody 
um, who's as big a th- uh, takedown threat as Blades? I think I think over him have the kind of kind of style, and yeah, that was was early in my career. I fought him. I didn't know that much wrestling, and then now I think I know more than 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 uh, before. So it's an interesting fight. I'm excited about it. And Curtis was asking for this fight for a while now, so um, it's gonna be a good fight. And I want to win the Samantha House, so it keep me motivated, and I'm I'm excited. Overeem is an interesting fighter too, even though he's not with the UFC anymore. Because as he got older, you you watched him change uh, his kind of his approach a little bit. It was kind of interesting to watch a guy still remain as smart in the cage as he was up and up. And even when he lost, I mean, he always uh, you know using his knees more and up against the fence more. He just adjusted with age really well. Correctly, uh, I have the same idea. Yeah, I agree. Because even with the losses, you you know your fight IQ it grows. So as the athleticism maybe drops a little bit, you, know, you get smarter in there and more comfortable. So you're able to execute more. Like now I have, um, I don't know how much time I have in the octagon, but the time I've been there, uh, I learned a lot. Feel the octagon more and, and know where to move. Before it wasn't like that because all my fights went to first round or second round. So and because of the long-term fights, uh, the five rounds, the three rounds, I think five rounds, five was it, and that give me more feeling in the octagon. So as you say, I'm growing during the during the whole the whole process. Hey, Yarzin, you know, as far as hobbies go, I remember you were on in the past. I'm pretty sure you you were a gamer, right? You play video games. I am games? a gamer. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, you are. What are you playing now? Now I'm playing soccer, uh, NBA, and I do Call of Duty. Call of Duty. And have you gotten into the virtual reality yet? Not yet. Not yet. Quest 2, if you ever want to do it, we can squat up, me and you. Oh, nice. Need biceps. Oh, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I got to put this left. I can't. You know I torn this bicep. It don't look good. This one don't look. If I just did this one, this don't look good, right? That's all right. No, it's, the other one is perfect. This yeah. one's good. Yeah. I used to have two of these. This is, uh, I just, that's like, it's like I have little Jimmy's arm and then I got my, that, that's still, that's still, that's still my leg. Even your smaller bicep is still my leg. I have, I have awful little, little, nah, there's no good. Nothing, nothing. Yeah, I used to love Call of Duty when I was on Xbox, but then when I got that virtual reality, man, I do the same kind of games, but you're like, it's more immersive. I heard about it, but I, I never get to get a time to look at it. So. And uh, we, we, uh, you posted a YouTube uh, traveling. How do you say the name of the country? If I'm, I don't want to say it wrong. Suriname. Suriname. Now, was that your first time back in a while? And, and did you kind of go home uh, like a lot more famous than you left? And how was it going home? Going home is always pleasure. It's nice. People are happy to see me because, yeah, with the steps and the progress I make uh, the last few years. And, yeah, I'm more famous than, than before. <laughs> and where, where is that located? I don't know. I don't know anything about it. South America, I think it's above Brazil, close to Guyana. Uh, it's next to Guyana. Oh, okay. Have you spent any time in Brazil? Yeah, yeah, I did. Like, yeah, for a matter of fact, uh, I've been there, I think, four or five times. Was it vacation or were you training? Vacation and training. And I fought there once uh, in Fortaleza. I think my UFC debut was in uh, Brazil. 
Ah, okay. That's oh, I love Brazil. I went there. I, I used to train out there. It was like vacation. Jimmy would go, but Jimmy would go to the little dirty places. Yeah, I got. I, I don't. I can't. I can't go back. I, I got to be. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go there no more. He gets I like it. Brazil. Yeah. No, Brazil is nice. Uh, I love Rio more than than, than other places. Yeah, Rio. I never went to anywhere else. It was only Rio. Um, what's what's the big city there that you land in when you go to Rio? The connecting city. Um, Sao Paulo. Uh, no, uh, Brasilia. I, I don't know the big, the major city in Brazil, about an hour from Rio. Is uh, Sao Paulo? Oh, Sao Paulo. Sorry, yeah, that's what you said. Yes, Sao Paulo. You're you right. You're me? right. Why do you make me sound silly, Jimmy, in front of our friend? Well, saying? I was incorrect. Okay, uh, I apologize. I was wrong. So, uh, so how are you feeling? Uh, it's been a while since we talked to you. I guess you're feeling ready. I mean, hopefully. Yeah, I'm feeling ready. I'm making myself more ready, and I'm excited for this fight. So I'm, I'm, I'm commit myself to everything. It's gonna happen today, and I want to win this fight. It doesn't matter how it's the. You just signed a six fight deal, right? Correct. Correct. Congratulations. That's gotta be a nice relief to know that okay, you you got some fights lined up, and and you know it's gotta be nice to not wonder okay, what's gonna happen after this fight. That's true, and yeah, so you still got a job, so you can look forward and yeah continue the journey. And what is your like? Obviously, you want to get to a championship fight eventually what path do you think you have to take obviously you have to beat curtis um yeah that's definitely one one step in the right direction um if if things go your way with curtis and and if you get that win what do you is there anybody in particular you're looking at next no not really is everybody that ranked above and the title is right there so if i can go from there to the title shot i do it uh, if I need one more fight, I do it as well and then go for the title. How fantastic did it feel? Like, you know, you could really tell what some a fighter's made of on how they bounce back from a loss. So, you know, you took that loss to Gan and, uh, you know, you had that win with Augusto Sakai. And it was a, it was vicious, man. It was a, a TKO in, the, in round one. I mean, I, that's, I mean, that must have felt like, oof, all right, good. M- monkeys off my back. I'm back in there, right? Yeah, it's more it's more like what happened in the fight of gone, you know, and then you go back in training camp and work it and work it, work it, work it, and uh, you got a new fight, it's a different opponent, but still it's in the back of your head and then the way you train, the way you finish the fight, then you say, Okay, I'm back in the game. Yes. So let me keep my head in and you know. Well, even after the Francis loss, you came back with a very, very impressive win over Junior. So this is the second time you've responded really well. You haven't let it get you into a a bad pattern. Uh, Does it change the way you train at all? Does it change anything? If if there's a loss, does it it, uh, focus you in a different way? A little bit because your mindset is different. Uh, You don't want to lose. And the fight of gone, I got a little bit too long layover. I don't like that. I'm, I'm more a fighter like if I fight, I fight in 25. September the 25th. If I can fight again December, that's perfect for me. So uh, I love to fight more often in a year. So the layovers can, so I'm going to need more time to, to, to get a camp. It's like three, four months and then go back in a fight. Does it take you longer mentally? Like when, when you're, when you're just going fight to fight, you, you're like, okay, now I'm done. I heal up, go training it. But if you have a long layover, do you start to get into like relaxing mode or, or does it, what does it change for you? No, I, I like to train, so relaxing mode is, is more training mode. Like, or I go for jog, or I go in the gym, um, lift some weight, uh, working on things that I that I couldn't do in this in this in this uh, in this time right now. Like, I had a layover. I did a practice. I did uh, wrestling practice and jiu-jitsu practice. 
So when the camp start, I'm I'm just doing all over again, like like everything, like wrestling, jujitsu, uh, striking, and and there we go, conditioning, strength. We fill the week up from Monday from Monday to Saturday. Well, it's exciting, man, because you know Curtis yeah. is gonna have a fire under him because he's coming off that devastating yeah, tough loss. Yeah. So it's gonna be fireworks, man. I can't wait. I'm excited. Yeah. I could some fire to the octagon. It's gonna be awesome. Well, good talking to you again. Uh, again, it's always fun to watch you fight. Your fights are always exciting. And uh, good luck against uh, Curtis. I'm sure we'll talk to you after. Thank you, sir. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Now, look, let's talk about some of the fights, brother. Sure. All right, listen, I thought Song Yadong would just... Listen, his fight with Casey Kenny, it was that close. I thought yeah. it was close. I could see why Casey could be thinking, like, you know, he was going forward a lot. Sure. And uh, it was that close. Wait, some judge... Which, let, me, let me tell you something. Oh, the 30-27? Not only that, if that, is that the same judge? Which judge is that? Who also gave... Where is it? Are you talking about uh, uh, Fazeev against uh, Bobby Green? Yeah, that was a great fucking fight. Fazeev yeah, is Fazeev. awesome. He's awesome, and so is yeah. Bobby Green. So is Bobby Green, Bobby man. Bobby Green probably has a job for life in the UFC. He's so entertaining. Dude, but- every time he gets hit, he's like, nope, nope, Listen, nope. <laughs> he won, I don't think he won that third round, I feel. so. If I, I remember I, right, I think you're right. Dude, they, I mean... It, I got what made it that. I remember because that's what made that fight so great. It's like, all right, this this kid's like just out. You know, he's he's a, he's Fazeev is just just a little bit ahead. And then that, in that last round, Bobby Green's like, oh my god, he found his his rhythm and his timing. Yeah. He yeah. found his timing down, and he's he's getting the punches off. And then that's when Fazeev, all those kicks took its toll, and he started slowing down. Looked just a little tired, yeah, a little bit. So it's like to rob him of that third round. Yeah, two judges yeah. saw it the right way. And you'd like to know, is it the same judge that did it in more than one fight? Like, is this just a, a, a lazy, mentally lazy judge or just an idiot? Yeah, I know. Uh, Jessica Penny defeated uh, Carolina. Carolina. Uh, Car- 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 Carolina. Karaokowitz. Karaokowitz. Mm-hmm. I, uh-huh. I cleaned that up where I said it the first time. No, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to, Kovacavich. Kovacavich. <laughs> I just was enjoying that. And she just left an emotional, uh, an emotional Instagram post. Uh, you know, I feel bad, but uh, sure, she'll be okay. She yeah, but I feel good for Jessica. Like you know, no, of course. I'm listening. Yeah. This is the game, MMA. You know, I know. I the highest of the highs, the lowest of the lows. Mm-hmm. He must a hundred. It's a laces out moment. Uh, what she must be thinking? Why did I follow her to the floor? Like, why did I, I am the Muay Thai expert. Right. Jessica Penne is, a, is above average jujitsu girl. Like she's good on the floor. Really? Yeah. yeah on top is. and on bottom. So if she's on bottom, she can end up on top in, in a second. And that's what she did. So she followed her up into a body lock, put her down. 
And then it was just, oh man, what a beautiful uh, arm lock attack. You know, she was very like uh, on point with it where other, other girls I think would have lost it, you know? Yeah. So, Whenever I see somebody uh, doing that, I'm always like, well, why the fuck are you going down on the floor? Once in a while, you, and again, I'm sure in the heat of the moment, it's easier said than done, but you see guys sometimes making a weird decision. You're like, I just don't quite understand that, but that's, that's yeah, exactly. the nature of it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, fights are really, there's so much parody. It's really hard to pick fights accurately. I mean, even I get one wrong once in a while. <laughs> Listen, so hey, Keisha Torres beat Angela Hill. Yeah, it was, uh, again, you know, 30, 27, 30. Yeah, I mean, listen, Tisha's a, she's a tough nut to crack, man. She's looking better and better the more she fights. Angela always good. She's always good. She was good that night, just just not not good enough to beat Tisha. It was just a But uh, Tisha, I want to see what's next, though, because she seems to be really blending in the striking with the grappling and her condition was top-notch. It was a fun fight, you know, and Angela was in the fight. But, uh, yeah, congrats to uh, Tisha Torres. Uh, now, listen, another fight that has to, that feels like you're going one way and then it just goes, makes a drastic Yeah, fight. that really was a trem- trem- a complete turnaround. Once once he got on top, Kiesa, I go, this is fantastic. This, this is done, yeah. And, and, he was, and it was going great. Maybe a little rushed on me. Listen, hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe a little rushed with those rear naked chokes, you know? Um Position before submission, like you like to say, Jimmy. Yeah, uh, I say. I just say them because they rhyme. I say, Jimmy, it holds true. Okay, a lot of things rhyme, you know. But that's true. That, that holds true. So don't just if you see that back, don't just jump on that neck, you little bird. Get your hooks in. Yeah, get your hooks in. Anyway, so when he got out, he got on top. It was reminiscent of. uh Michael Chiesa's fight versus uh, Gamebred versus Jorge Masvidal when he got strangled in a similar fashion, you know? So, you know, it's upsetting because, you know, I think Chiesa kind of mentally kind of just had a hiccup in there, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, all respect to Vicente Luque. He was great. He was really, I thought he was finished. Who did he call out? The champ. Uh, Did he call out Usman? I don't remember. He called the champ. Yeah, too. Usman, of course, he called out the champ. You're that's not- an interesting fight. Um, that's one that Usman, I think, would prefer to keep on uh, against the uh, against the cage and on the floor. I don't even you know Usman's uh, striking is very underrated. I don't, I don't think he wants to stand there and just strike with Vicente. Hey, listen, man. Maybe you shouldn't think for the champ. Well, no, I'm just guessing, but I think Kamaru would agree. I didn't mean to come out a little arrogant there. No, that's okay. All right. Jimmy, what have you been up to, by the way? Just uh, doing the dumbbell thing. Yeah, besides, that's it. And doing stand-up again. Uh, I'm good This weekend, this Friday, Saturday, I'm going to be in Madison, Wisconsin, doing comedy on state. Uh, so I've been doing stand-up a lot. I, I'm really loving going on every night. You know, how's your timing been? You know, it's good. It's uh, it, it takes a little while to get back and t- the memory and stuff, but it's coming. I'm getting it. It's fun, Jimmy, when it starts landing again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, you feel like you're back, like your purpose is back being like, you're back serving a purpose. Like, you're right. Or, like, no, I had that. I've never served a purpose. <laughs> Cut it out. No, like, listen, during the pandemic, you're in your house. You're fucking, 
they can get a little like, all right, what am I doing every day? I'm just existing and having, yeah. not you, but I mean, everybody. Yeah, of course. I, there's days like today, I'm going to go to the school later and do some teaching. And, and then there's, and I'm like, yo, you know what? I hung out with my Jimmy. I taught the class, made some people happy. And you throw a workout. If I get a roll in myself or two, I'll feel yeah. And I leave them my place feeling like, ah, like a little sense of a purpose. Sure. You feel that when you get off stage? Or when you're, uh... yeah, well, I feel good, but again, I'm such a wreck that by the time I get home, I feel like a pile of shit again. But it, it lasts for a couple of minutes. Pile of shit, Jimmy? Yeah. Why? Oh, who knows, Matt? Who <laughs> knows? It is what it is. You see a therapist? It's not yes, I do. You do? Oh, yeah. Now, that, that's different than the AA. Oh, it's definitely. Yeah, yeah. The therapist you... is you pay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'll tell you right now, your meetings alone, they take up time, bro. Yeah. But a therapist I, is one hour a week. Uh, it's weird that we both sit there naked, but he says that's best. So I, what? <laughs> I would say matrix. Jimmy, let me ask you. Sure. That, do they leave the dance with that? Or do you do that? Or you just sit, they decide you have an ear and they just look at you. Cause I met some shrinks before and I think they're fucking wacky too. They're, all They're kind of- b- both. It can go either way. You can just start co- having a conversation or, you know, it, it can go either way. So it depends week to week what's going on with me. If there's something I want to get up my chest or whatever, you know, it depends. Did you ever have it where you're bawling your eyes out and the time's up and you're like, yeah, I got it. What? Yeah. I pay for more. I seen that in a movie once or something. Seriously. No, like, did you ever have that? No, but if they have to end the session because they have another client or something, I don't mind. I, I try not to cry in therapy. I hate doing it. Oh boy, I have, but I hate it. Well, I don't blame it, Jimmy. I would, I would, I would, I wouldn't be as funny as someone would think. Yeah, I know. I would be a terrible shrink. What if you started crying? I started got giggling, <laughs> Jimmy. I'm giggling at you. All right, listen, Jimmy. We're both on cameo. Yes, we are. And we talked. We talked about how great Cyril Gone was. We did. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, he's, he looked I really mean, good. I can't wait to see what's next for him. I and, still take uh, Francis. You guys are crazy, bud. Well, listen. You think I'm crazy? You know. But it's, uh, you know, I think I'm right. I I also, I said it before. I want to say it again. Well, boy, I enjoyed that Bobby Green, by the way. And, and uh, oh. that both, they, they had a great fight, those guys. I can't. And um, uh, Jose Aldo. I think, I mean, that's one thing I really took out of that night. Now, I think he wanted, I believe he was mentioning fighting TJ Dillashaw. So I think that would be a phenomenal fight. Oh, yeah. Right, Jimmy? I was I would, over TJ Dillashaw. I would probably take TJ in that. I, you, you just like to be different than me. No, I love Jose Aldo. That would be, but easy. I think TJ's movement is so good, and I think one of the reasons that he didn't kick a lot of Munoz is because Munoz has such good movement. So I think that would neutralize his uh, some of his kicking would be would be the crazy uh, uh, changes of, of stance in. in uh, Dillashaw. I think Dillashaw would give Jose some a difficult time. You got to spread your wings and fly, my little bird. What are you doing tonight? What do you got going on? I am going to go downstairs and get my medication. And then I'm going to. Oh, uh, med- oh you sick or is it like mental shit? No, just mental shit. Um, and I'm, I take cyanide. You know, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I'm going to try to figure out this vaccination app because, of course, my vaccination isn't showing up. You know, it, it, there's always a fucking problem that when there's an app I'm involved. Fuck with it. I'm not fucking with it. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation for another day. Jimmy, All right, buddy. there's not many th- people I love more than you, Jimmy. Well, I'm you know? the same. All right, homie. I will, I'll talk to you in a couple of days. I can't T- wait. Talk to you in a couple of days, pal. 
Bye, everyone. Yeah, bye.